0: You are Locked on Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time once again for another Locked on Browns podcast, your daily source of all things Cleveland Browns. And unfortunately, we have to start off and focus a lot of our attention on another negative piece of information surrounding our favorite team. And I also want to apologize in advance. Uh, I did something to my back. I have two major scoliosis issues with my back and did something to it. And so if you hear me wince in pain or take a deep breath, it's probably related to that. So I apologize for that Uh, in advance. If you hear any of those things, just know that is back issues for soon to be middle-aged man, whatever the heck that is anymore uh, to have. So I apologize for that. But obviously, uh, the big story ahead, uh, actually, most of the podcast recorded, and then Josh Gordon entered rehab. And so that's really the story for today on the Locked On Browns podcast. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, Browns versus Washington this week. Uh, we'll look at what the Browns offense needs to do. But we really do need to start the day talking about Josh Gordon and once again, not having him on the field. Gordon has entered rehab. Um, If you're interested in any type of details about addiction, uh, marijuana, substance use, mental health, rehab, those kind of things, I just put up a piece on the OBR. It's about 2,000 words. Um, So, again, you can go to theobr.com and you're going to see a piece there uh, about Josh Gordon and understanding addiction. And so, I put together some new information as well as some information from um, two old articles, because unfortunately with Josh Gordon and Johnny Manziel and the Browns, it's been something where my professional life—that 14 years as a mental health professional, primarily working with clients with substance use issues—and uh, my other professional life covering Cleveland sports—have uh, kind of come together. And so, if you want some um, detailed information about all of that, I really encourage you to check out that piece on the OVR. So today for Browns fans, it's it's kind of a closing. At some level, while Josh Gordon could return to the team, many believe he will not. And so um, it's a closing of that kind of uh, hope that the Browns would have this amazing top flight receiver who could just uh, dominate the game. We, We remember the games where he would just pull away from people like a gazelle being chased by much slower animals we We remember him going up and catching balls, even this preseason we remember him uh going over the cornerback and and catching the ball, just kind of ripping it out of the the cornerback's hands and so I think for many Browns fans, this probably has to be that last um the hope has got to be gone. The browns really haven't been planning around josh gordon they've they've wanted him to be around, and they're hoping that it would work out, but they really haven't been planning and so Uh, but Browns fans have. It was really interesting that uh, before he was reinstated, many Browns fans said, trade him for a bag of footballs. Then he was reinstated, and notes came out that Gordon was going to look good, or could look good, or did look good. Then we saw him in this preseason game, and he looked good. And the idea of him and rookie Corey Coleman and and a developing Terrell prior, all of a sudden, I actually put up some polls on Twitter or just some questions on Twitter. And I remember the answers were pretty clear. At least a second round pick, a second and a third, two seconds, a first and a fourth, a two firsts. Whatever it was, just an amazing change and dynamic. And now we, we're not going to see him. It's very, very unlikely that we'll see him this year. I think that's a pretty clear statement. Is we're not going to see him this year. But the reality is, is, I don't see the Browns really investing in in him again. It's possible they do. Uh, it's possible that because this year he will not, his contract won't count um, at the end of next year. So again, if he plays all of next year, at the end of next year, he will still be a restricted free agent, and so. Um, yesterday I talked a little bit about having to make a decision on Gordon and Pryor uh, at the end of this year from a contract perspective. Well, now they won't have to uh, because if they decide they want to try to give Gordon another chance, and again, so far we don't know that he's actually uh, tested positive, though many people are assuming that. We don't know it for sure. If he is just really stepping into doing what's best for him, then I think the Browns may be willing to take him back. They may be willing to give him a chance. They don't lose out on much. He's not making much money. Uh, and so why would they not bring him back unless they know that he's just not going to be able to make it? And again, the most important thing for him is that he gets himself healthy. On the other side, we obviously have heard all the... the not all. We've heard speculation that the... Um, rehab entry is an attempt by gordon's uh, agent drew Rosenhaus to get gordon freed up so that he can sign a big contract Uh, because right now he's going to make you know around a million dollars which again is a lot of money but what he could make if he was clean is a lot different Uh, and he'll be a restricted free agent which will limit his options next year uh, if that were true the problem with that line of thinking while it's interesting is that This is another sign to teams that Gordon may not be able to ever be counted on. And so while he might be able to make a little bit more money, why would teams invest a ton of money in a player who hasn't been able to really see the field in the past couple of seasons? So as a kind of a manipulative tactic, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. It's not going to stop anybody from believing it, though. Again, how Gordon can make the most money would be come back for his 12 games this season, dominate in an offense that was going to probably try to feature him along with Pryor and Coleman and all of that so that he could cash in either with the Browns uh, or with another team as a restricted free agent. Again, it makes no sense to enter rehab because teams are then going to assume that there's an issue, a continued issue for Josh Gordon. This also looks like a final straw for uh, what we assumed and hoped was going to be this hugely dynamic offense Again, with RG3 coming in and preseason looking good, uh, the idea of Griffin and Pryor, Coleman and Gordon um, and that deep ball that Griffin can just throw with a very, very quick flick of the wrist really had fans and media alike excited for this big play offense, something that the Browns have never really had. And so I think it really is kind of that final straw to say uh, the Browns are going to probably turn the page from maybe both of those players bringing Griffin back, I believe he's right around $8 million. Yeah, that's one thing. Uh, It's not a ton of money with their cap space, but again, for an injured player, it may be just too much. And not to put that much on uh, Griffin, let him kind of move on uh, with his career, wherever that might be as a backup, starting out and maybe then down the road, uh, being able to start again after maybe gets a little bigger, a little healthier. And then with Gordon, obviously, we have no idea what's going to happen. And so that that offense that you could imagine with uh, the three wide receivers, Robert Griffin III, Duke Johnson, Gary Barnage, just isn't going to happen. And so that doesn't mean the Browns can't have a dynamic offense going forward. We saw what Pryor could do last week. We have an idea of what Coleman can do from week two. And then the Browns have a lot of draft picks. And so you have Rashad Higgins, Ricardo Lewis, and Jordan Payton, all who can be very, very good receivers at their kind of level. Again, we're not talking about a Josh Gordon type receiver out of any of the three of them, but you are looking at some very talented players. And so we really have to turn the page from what we thought was going to be an, an amazing dynamic offense with Griffin at the helm, the three amazing big receivers, or I'm sorry, three dynamic receivers, two of them very large, Duke Johnson, Gary Barnage, all of that. We just have to turn the page. And so for Gordon, again, the hope is that he can get himself right it seems likely the Browns turn the page and move on. And that's sad. We got to see some really exciting times from Gordon. But in the end, all that hope is kind of dashed. And so such is the life for Browns fans. The good news is is the Browns weren't banking on Gordon. They traded down to get some more assets. They got Corey Coleman. Uh, They are invested in Terrell Pryor. They've got those other rookie receivers, even have Seth DeValve uh, the tight end. And so the Browns have, have really, uh, set themselves up to not be dependent on Gordon. Good for them because it looks like Gordon just needs to take care of himself right now. Again, check out my piece on the orange and Brown report. Again, that's the OBR.com, a part of the scout network. A lot of details there about substance use and mental health and everything that goes with it. And hopefully you will take an opportunity there, uh, instead of just kind of listening to Dr. Phil, who doesn't have a doctorate and um, doesn't have a master's unless something has changed. So hopefully you'll be able to check that out on the Orange and Brown Report as we move on to week four, Cleveland versus Washington. Hi, this is Maury Moreland Morrison here to tell you Geico has more than just great savings, much more. Yes, while Geico could help you rack up more moolah faster than you can say metamorphosis, they've also been the fastest growing auto insurer for more than 10 years. That's more like it. Furthermore, Geico has fast and friendly claim service. That might seem like an oxymoron, but it's not. All the more reason to say no other auto insurer has more more than Geico. Geico, expect great savings and a whole lot more. So what do the Browns need to do offensively? So we obviously know rookie Cody Kessler is again going to start the game. It's important for him to to stay upright and not turn the ball over. Some very standard things. Um, the Redskins are obviously going to spend a lot of time on Terrell Pryor. And so it'll be up to Andrew Hawkins, Ricardo Lewis, Rashad Higgins, Gary Barnage, Duke Johnson, Isaiah Crowell uh, to get, excuse me, open as much as possible against Washington's defense. But what do we see in Washington, right? So we know what the Browns want to do. They want to run the ball. They want to take care of the ball. They want to get Pryor involved. They want to keep Kessler safe. But what do we see in Washington and Washington's defense? So far this year, Trent Murphy leads a team with three sacks uh, from this outside linebacker position. Um, Perhaps their best pass rusher, Preston Smith, doesn't have any at this point in time. Ryan Kerrigan has one and a half. David Bruton has one sack. And so on the year, they've only got seven uh, sacks total. Uh, Obviously, it looks a lot better than what the Browns are doing. Um, But really, uh, almost half of those are from one guy. And so um, there really haven't been this full... Uh, pressure kind of team though they are getting some pressure and so um, they've got three interceptions so far Uh, we all know about Josh Norman he's the big name teams tend to uh, throw away from him more of a zone coverage kind of guy and so with Cody Kessler man-to-man is actually something he would do a little bit better as a rookie Uh, because understanding zones and where players are going to be is a little bit more difficult at the NFL level. The windows become a little bit smaller. It's not as easy to read where your players are going to be. And so uh, the zone defense is going to be really, really interesting to see if with Josh Norman on one side and Bashad Breland on the other, uh, who tends to get picked on a little bit because he's not Josh Norman, um, what the Browns can do in the passing game. Or do they really try to scheme their way to some easy completions and try to avoid Norman as, at all costs. It seems like the best decision for the Browns. Uh, some wide receiver screens, um, some easy 50-50 balls uh, to Pryor or even to Gary Barnage um, can make a lot of sense. But look for the Browns to be very, very cautious when it comes to attacking Norman's side of the field. Breland, for his, for his part, isn't a terrible corner. He just gets picked on a lot because Norman is on the other side. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see Norman has uh, generally doesn't follow receivers, uh, but with the Browns and with what Pryor did last week, it'll be interesting to see if Washington just tries to match up uh, with Pryor a little bit more uh, than they've done in the past, uh, bringing Josh Norman uh, his way. So offensively, the Browns really need to attack uh, in the run game and in the short passing game to keep the keep Washington's defense from really getting uh, these ample opportunities for big turnovers, big plays. Norman has already got seven pass defended um, this season, which is a huge number for a guy who really doesn't get thrown at a ton of times. And so uh, can Cody Kessler take care of the ball? Can he make smart decisions with the football against Washington's defense? So far for the year, uh, Washington's defense is 29th in the league in total yards. So that tells you they're going to give up some yards. They're 26th overall in passing yards. Again, they're going to give up some yards passing. Uh, Even with Norman, which is a crazy statement, three games in, even with Norman, they're 26th in passing, 29th overall in yards. And then in uh, rushing yards, they're down at 24th. And so all things considered, while Norman and Breland are both good players and there's some... Some name players on that defense with Ziggy Hood and uh, Ryan Kerrigan and Sue Al Cravens, who is a rookie who really can do a good job of covering. Obviously, I've talked about Preston Smith and Trent Murphy. Washington's defense hasn't been good. And again, does that mean the Browns are just going to have this huge offensive onslaught? Probably not. Some of Washington's numbers make sense. Against Pittsburgh, a dynamic offense. Gave up 38 points and a lot of yards against the New York Giants. Again, an offense with three really good receivers. They gave up 27 points and a lot of yards. And against the Dallas Cowboys, who uh, with uh, Dak Prescott maybe aren't as dynamic, still there's a lot of talent on that offense with that great offensive line, Des Bryant and Ezekiel Elliott and the rest of the guys. And they gave up 27 points. And so against two very good offenses and a third that's pretty darn good. Washington gave up a lot of points. Again, Kirk Cousins hasn't been making great decisions with the ball. And so you could see both Washington and Cleveland decide to play a very, very safe game and try to force the other one into making mistakes. After last week, the Cleveland Browns still have kicker Cody Parkey. So maybe the mistake come in the kicking game again for the Browns. Maybe that's what Washington tries to wait for is for Cody Kessler to test Josh Norman just one too many times. And instead of putting the game in the hands of Kirk cousins and Deshaun Jackson and Josh Doxon, if he plays and uh, Matt Jones out of the backfield, maybe they decide to put the game on their defense where they're really actually putting the game in the hands of the Cleveland Browns and hoping that the young Browns shoot themselves in the foot. And so far, That's what the Browns are really good at doing. And so that's what we need to see out of the Browns' offense this week. Can they stop their poor decision-making? Can they they make the right, easy decisions? Can Hugh Jackson continue to run the ball in Week 2 and 3 when the Browns were up? He started to go away from the run in the third and fourth quarter, even though in Game 2 Josh McCown was hurt. Game three, Cody Kessler looked like he was hurt up, dinged up a little bit, uh, and the run game got going. There were holes. That offensive line was able to make some holes, but they kind of went away from it. It'll also be interesting to see how the Browns respond to Alvin Bailey's uh, legal issues. Uh, It looks like they're going to move John Greco back to right guard and insert Austin, hopefully I'm pronouncing his name right, Reader or writer? R-E-I-T-E-R, 6'3", 307-pound three, player that actually, I believe, was with Washington earlier this year. Uh, a pretty dynamic player, got a lot of agility, can get out in front of some plays. Again, young guy, 24 years old. The Browns are really looking to try to develop some young players. And so can Reeder uh, move Greco back over successfully so that the Browns um, really have a, a little bit more help Uh, for Austin Pastor on the outside uh, and hopefully have a strong run game uh, right up the middle. Again, who knows? No one would have guessed that last week the Browns offense would have looked as competent as they did, not just Terrell Pryor, but Cody Kessler not throwing any interceptions, uh, got the ball out of his hands well, all of those kind of things. Uh, The run game looked good. Really, it was down to the kicking game and a few uh, poor plays and poor decisions on the defense who didn't have Joe Hayden and may not have him again. So can Washington be the elixir that cures all of Cleveland's ills? Or can the Browns be Washington's elixir after facing the Steelers, the Cowboys, uh, and the Giants? Do the Browns provide Washington a chance to build back the confidence in their quarterback, Kirk Cousins? We'll find out. And we'll talk about that in our uh, Locked on Browns week for preview show tomorrow where we'll probably get into a little bit more about Gordon, see what's happened since then, get any quotes from Jackson and the rest of the people, and then preview the game and give you our game prediction. Again, thank you for stopping by this Locked on Browns podcast. I encourage you to check out my piece on the OBR. That's theobr.com. You'll see a piece there about Josh Gordon and understanding addiction, which hopefully gives you a lot of information about. Uh, the subject matter, what it looks like, concerns about use of marijuana, all kinds of stuff. Thanks for stopping by to this Lockdown Browns podcast. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes or on Audio Boom so you can get it loaded anytime. Uh, You can look back at some of our pieces, see what we've talked about. Uh, You can look back at our Miami preview where we talked with Lockdown Dolphins uh, writer Ron Knieff. Uh, lots of great things up on the site. So, again, subscribe on iTunes or on Boom to Locked on Browns. And thank you for stopping by, and go Browns. You are Locked on Browns, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.